Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. I'm your host, Jason Tardikin. Welcome to the pre-market trading segment. Now, you might be saying, Jason, this audio sounds a little shot. Well, guess what? That's because for the first time ever, ever in Trading Secrets history, I am doing the intro from a hotel in Washington, D.C., literally using the audio app from my iPhone. Why am I doing that? Because we are getting an episode out for the first time ever early and not on Monday. We've never had an episode come out a day other than Monday. This is the first time ever. Why are we doing it? Wednesday night, Justin and Susie from the Bachelor franchise announced that they are dating. There's so much speculation about these two because their professional worlds were intersecting with work they were doing. They're always with one another at events. And the question was, are they dating? Well, they have now come out and said they officially are dating. And on this episode, you are going to hear all about how they met. Were there DMs? Were there not? Was it professional work? Was it love at first sight? You're going to learn about their professional careers before the show, during the show, after the show what they made, what they charged for their professions. Justin was a corporate guy, worked his way out of corporate. You'll hear why and how. Susie was bartending as she was literally watching herself on the screen of The Bachelor. There's so many things that you're going to learn about these two. What I'm most impressed about is their honesty, their vulnerability, their creativity, just passion for life. I just love how grounded these two are. They seem like they were perfect together. And now that they are together, it's clear they are just two really interesting puzzle pieces that clearly had to find a special puzzle piece to connect with. And their pieces come together perfectly. And you're going to hear all about that in this episode from a professional standpoint from a financial standpoint, and of course, from a personal standpoint. So this is an episode I'm really excited for you guys to listen to. Now, there isn't a recap here because typically behind the scenes trading secrets, we record the main episode. I do the intro Sunday before we release it. And then David and I usually record the recap right after. Now, we're getting this one out. So there is no recap. However, maybe there's something here. We're talking about releasing more episodes. We're talking about maybe doing a new episode that's more focused on life, love, and money, as opposed to just trading secrets money. Now, we'll always do our main trading secrets episode, but maybe the second episode will incorporate the recap and some updates in other areas of our life. So more to come. But for right now, you got Justin and Susie. This episode is going to be electric. little update from the market. What you got to know is the market is on fire right now. The S&P 500 is closing at record highs. And the big tech company stocks are back in action. The big seven ones that you should know about. NVIDIA, Meta, Microsoft, Alphabet, which of course is Google, Amazon.com, Apple, and Tesla. And all of them are up big other than Tesla. But right now, if you are not making money on your money and you're not having market exposure, the value of your money is getting crushed. We're seeing a lot happen. Of course, this is an election year. Interest rates are coming down a little bit. There's going to be ripple impact into housing. And we're seeing right now the market, it's on fire. The takeaway I want you to think about 
is if you do have cash and you don't have bad debt, we know bad debt, credit card debt, high interest rate debt, and you have the ability to get some market exposure, start thinking about getting market exposure. The easiest way to do it is to get into an ETF that follows one of the big indexes like the S&P 500. VOO is a great example of one ticker at Vanguard that you can get in to do just that. And most importantly, if you don't know how to do it, go pre-order my book, Talk Money to Me on Amazon right now, because I provide a step-by-step process of how to understand investing and start investing. little update from my personal life. I'm here right now in Washington, D.C. I'm doing some work with Smoothie King. I'm doing the grand opening of one of their locations at Georgetown. Now, behind the scenes, trading secrets, like how these are structured is you will get paid a fee to do, it's the appearance here. It'll be a photo shoot. Then they'll be able to use the NIL of the photo shoot to put in any area that they want to put in. And then also it's a structured deal where I'll be doing some work on my TikTok and trading secrets. So it just gives you a little idea of like how things are structured. You come in, I got to be at, I got to do the photo shoot, one hour appearance there, and then some social work and it's all packaged together. And then we negotiate with the agency, the price point and the rate that makes sense for that work. So that's where I am right now. And next week's going to be a wild one. I'm in Pebble Beach with the iHeart crew. Wells Adams will be there. Ben Higgins, uh, Chris Harrison will be there. Bob Guinea and many others fly into Tampa Bay because the VP of our agency is getting married from Tampa Bay. I am going to Beaver Creek, Colorado to have some fun skiing with some friends, come back. And then we are doing a huge event with the agency at Super Bowl. So a lot going on. Super exciting. You gotta love it. I feel just very grateful lately. I just feel like Everything is really coming together in my life the way I'm starting to envision it. I have acceptance with what I was grieving, and I'm so excited for what's to come. So we're buzzing over here. But without further ado, the first time ever that we are having a show come out before Monday because of Justin and Susie's huge announcement and our excitement for them. Let's ring in the bell with Justin and Susie. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, we are joined by two of Bachelor Nation's fan favorite personalities and newest couple, Justin Glaze and Susie Evans. Justin rose to popularity during his time on Katie Thurston's season of The Bachelorette, where he finished his runner-up before going on season eight of Bachelor in Paradise that next year. In Susie's case, she gained recognition on Clayton's season of The Bachelor, where she walked away as the winner. I love how we write winner. First place, you got the gold medal, but eventually ended things with Clayton after the show aired. However, this was not Susie's first time in the spotlight, having been previously recognized as Miss Virginia USA in 2020 and Miss Virginia Teen USA in 2011. Not only do these two have similar Bachelor Nation paths, they both also have a love for arts, which has played a huge part of their careers. Justin, an accomplished painter, and Susie, an accomplished photographer and videographer, each of them have the ability to utilize their platform to create opportunities to share their passion for the arts within the worlds that they currently are working in. Today, we are going to talk all things, a new relationship. So especially with my new book coming out, Talk Money to Me, Love and Money is a big topic, what their lives as creators and artists are like. And maybe, you know, we talk a little bit more about what's next for these two. Justin and Susie, thank you so much for being on Trading Secrets. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Congratulations. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that love is in the air. That is a beautiful love is thing. In the air. Wait, I'm gonna, we're going to get into all the stuff, like your careers and stuff before the show. But I got to ask, where did you guys actually meet? Like, what was the first meeting you guys had? Funny you should ask. I was hired as a videographer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Justin hired me. Yes. Wait, so this comes back to business. It's yes. business, yes. baby. It was an immediate <laughs> HR issue. Actually. So, yeah. Yeah. So I was doing, I was in Baltimore at the time. Susie was still in Virginia. And. I was doing an ad for Target and we have one of the same agents. So I was talking to one of my agents and I was like, Hey, I really need a videographer for this. Like, what do I do? And she was like, Oh, well, you know, Susie, you know, she's so sweet. She's a videographer. And I was like, Oh, I've seen her work. She's super talented. I was like, I've never spoken to her though. We follow each other, but like, I don't want to slide her DMS and ask her if she can help me like record this. She was like, no, trust me. She's so nice. Just do it. I was like, okay. So I spent way too long drafting up this <laughs> message. I'm like, oh my God. So I finally send it. And then she came back and as advertised was so nice. I was like, oh my God, like I'll come to you. I'm like, no, I will drive to Virginia or DC, whatever makes sense. And she was like, no, like, don't worry about it. Like I have to be in DC anyway. So long story short, we met. I was like, well, if you're coming to Baltimore, let me at least get you a hotel or something. So like, you don't have to drive back. Yeah. So we met in Baltimore at Target. <laughs> yeah, that is incredible. You hired yeah. your yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's absolutely never, I've never thought about it in those kinds of <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like totally messing. But yeah. like, honestly, <laughs> let me ask you this. Between us, as a single guy should know it, when you like reached out, was there maybe like, did, well, like oh, yeah, I was, her, I mean, tr- I, I would not have put that much thought into the initial message if I was just like, ah, whatever, she'll yeah. say yes. I'm like, part of me wants to meet her on a personal note as well. Yeah. And it's an added bonus, you know, to, to work together. But I definitely like was crushing a little bit. So I put some, some extra thought into that, okay. into that message. Interesting. That's just very on brand for you to put so much thought behind a message. Cause even hearing that I'm like, oh, I've never, I never knew that you thought that much but i know you now and i know how you are and i'm like i probably read the message and was like yeah sure <laughs> You're like, oh, That's all, i'm so excited yeah literally i'm like mm, can i so can you I weren't thinking together? about <laughs> growing my portfolio yeah, yeah. Grow my portfolio. oh i'm gonna move into commercials mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the entrepreneur we want on this yeah. podcast right, i gotta at least ask this after it like i know you guys were friend zone for a while mm-hmm. working through that but like was was there like a little bit of spark for both of you two after the end of this business transition yeah, I think, well, I think we had different experiences because I definitely thought Justin was cute. Like when I saw him on the show and it's so funny, all my friends like wanted me to date you in the long run. Like even when we watched Paradise back, they're like, oh my God, but Justin or whatever, you know what I mean? And so like, I feel like my friends knew they liked your vibe and I wasn't as into the show as they were. But I think after that, I definitely, I mean, I thought he was cute going into it. And then afterwards I was like, okay. Like the vibes were good. We talked on the phone a few times and stuff like that, but we were actually contemplating doing like a short term lease in LA that with me, Justin and Andrew. And we even said, we were just like, we just got to like be professional. And we were just, we were just very professional in that whole situation. We ended up not rooming together and then we just became friends. We all moved to LA around the same time and became friends. It's funny. We actually kind of manifested at the end of the night. We, after we, we filmed my ad and then we filmed a segment for Susie's um, YouTube channel. And then we had dinner and I dropped her back off at the hotel. And when we were in my car, we were just like, you know what? Like, we're both so creative. We we were talking about what we want, like what our next steps were going to be in life. And we both had this, you know, desire to move. And we're like, you know what? We're going to make it happen. We're both going to move to LA 
and we're going to do this. Wow. And then it's just like crazy. We look back. We're like, we really talked about this in my car. Mm-hmm. The first night we met, like we're going to move to LA and do it. And, and that's exactly what we did. So yeah. it's, it's crazy. That is amazing. I think about like, I always thought coming into the bachelor, I looked at life like silos, like my personal life, financial life, professional life, social life, and mm-hmm. cannot mm-hmm. intertwine for some reason of all things. It was the bachelor that made me realize those walls fucking joke. Like all those things are the foundation of our life. And it's pretty interesting how like professional pursuits tie into yeah. personal success and look where you guys are today. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So congratulations <laughs> to you guys. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Let's get back to business a little bit. <laughs> so Justin, your approach to be on Katie Thurston season at the time you're approached, what were you doing career wise? I was working in finance actually. So I was working in institutional investment sales and yeah, the whole painting thing has always just kind of been a hobby. Sure. And then I'd say probably around college or so is when I started monetizing off of it and, and, you know, would be commissioned for projects. But yeah, before I was going on Katie's season, I was working in finance. Was that a T row price? Yeah. Okay. So you're working there. You get up the opportunity to go on ABC, the bachelor. What do they say to you when you say you're going to leave for a reality show? So about halfway through the interview process, when it started getting pretty serious, you know, you do the, the drug tests and the oh, yeah. psychological, all that stuff, all right? That stuff. They were like, you should start talking to your employer. And I was like, Hey guys, just a heads up. I don't think this is going to fly with them. Like I, you know, no way I, I can take two months potentially off of work. You know, I had a whole territory I was covering. I was like, yeah. there's, there's no way. So I was already kind of preparing for the worst in my head, but they were like, just ask anyway. I was like, okay. I go to my boss and to my surprise, he was like, dude, that's sick. You have to. I was like, what? (laughs) He was like, no, I'll like, I'll talk to my boss, my boss's boss. So he went all the way up the chain of command, HR, risk, compliance. Everyone was on board. Like, do it. We'll, you know, we'll cover the time off. You've got our support. And I was like, okay, is there anything I can get in writing that stipulates, (laughs) you know, grounds for like, you know, whatever. And they were like, you know, this is new to us. We've never had anybody from the firm go on TV, but you know, you know, it's kind of at your risk. And I was like, I trust myself not to make a fool out of myself or do anything um, crazy. So long story short, they all signed off and we're in full support of it. Things look differently post-show, but uh, we can get into that. Let's, <laughs> if, let's just quickly like, touch but, on it though. You, you get yeah. off the show, the show airs. Yeah. You go back to work? Oh yeah. Okay. And then it's because I, I remember this being on The Bachelorette. It's a pretty quick turnaround time. Like mm-hmm. I remember it was three weeks after I got off, they asked me to go on Paradise. Same situation, I'm working for a bank. And they had said, you can go on The Bachelorette. When I asked them about Paradise, they're like, you'll be fired if you go. Mm-hmm. Did you get put in a predicament like that when you tried to go right back on reality <clears throat> TV? So mine was a little bit different. I didn't want to go on Paradise right after. One, because it was like two, three weeks turnaround. Yeah, My Katie season hadn't even aired before we were going to film Paradise. Right. So I was like, dude, I'm exhausted from this experience. I was like, I just don't have it in me to reintroduce myself to these women. I don't have the energy to, I, I will be a shell of myself. Yeah. And I was like, I want to go back to work, just get back to some sense of normalcy. Yeah. But you know, as persistent as those producers are, they're like, ask, ask, ask. And I'm like, okay. So I went to my boss and he was like, I get it. He was like, I'm cool with it, but let me ask, you know, the head of our department. And she basically came back and was like, we can't slash won't tell you no, but like, you know, and I was like, let me read between these lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ultimately I was like, well, I don't even want to do this anyway. So this is just the added, you know, you know, nudge to not do it. So I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And then after that conversation, my boss was like, yeah, she was kind of testing to see what you would do and you know, where your priorities were at this time. So I was like, all right, cool. So you passed on it. Yeah. Okay. But then you went back. I did. Okay. I did. And when you went back, were you still working for T-Row? No. Okay. All right. At what point did you leave T-Row? Oh, man. So that was probably February of 2020. 
2022. Okay. 2022. If you're comfortable, can you give people an idea, a, a job like that, T-Row, around how much can you make? Oh, sure. Like uh, doing what I was doing. You can make anywhere between, I'd say, 130 to 400. Just depends on the success. Depending on, yeah. Okay. And people listening back home, would you recommend that career track? I guess it's like, oh, I didn't. I would. You got to you got to hustle and there's a lot to it. You not only have to have the obviously the investment acumen, but you also have to just have a motor <laughs> and you're on the road a lot potentially. And it's just like, you know, when we have events, it's like you kind of got to put on the fake smile sometimes and just like, you know, like, you know, kiss babies and whatever the, however the saying goes. But it's a, it's a lot of that as well. So it's like half business finance, having meetings with advisors, but also a lot of business entertainment. So being in rooms where you're networking and giving presentations and it's just, it can be very draining. So it is, a, it can be a taxing job, but it is, it can be very lucrative. As okay. Well. I love it. We're going to come back to your career track. We're paused now. You go to bachelorette, you get off, you pass on paradise. Did they, when, when you pass on paradise, did they offer you any certain amount of money that made you like potentially think about it or no? Honestly, like a million people talk about paradise. Like yeah. $400 per day, a guarantee of like 25K. Like, yeah. It was just like the basic offer. Th- there was really no amount of money. Well, I mean, there was, there's definitely an amount of money that could have been. But for what they offer, you yeah. know, like you said, they either will do a guarantee, like a daily rate, and we can up your daily rate, or yeah. they'll do a set amount, whatever. With the range that they were going to give me, I was like, this, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Got yeah. it. So you're on Katie Thurston's season. Now, Clayton was on Katie's season. Correct? No, Clayton no, Clay- was on Michelle's, Michelle's season. Michelle's season. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So then Clayton goes on Michelle's season. That's mm-hmm. right. That was the adjustment period where they had the back to back. Yeah. Clayton becomes the bachelor. You go on Clayton's season. What were you doing mm-hmm. professionally before? For the two years prior, I was in pharmaceutical marketing as a program manager. Wow. And then the year I went on The Bachelor, I quit my job officially to uh, do videography full time, which meant also waitressing at two restaurants. <laughs> Got it. Cause it's a tough, it's a, that's like a tough, grind, it's tough, right? Yeah. So videography full time for anyone back home, like what exactly does that mean at this time? At that time it was weddings. It was actually family portraits. It was engagement sessions. It was like photography, videography, just kind of like building a portfolio. I started in 2019 doing photography, videography and weddings, but I wasn't making a living or any really any kind of like substantial income doing that. So in 2020, I was like, okay, I'm going to take the leap and leave this marketing agency, which was the worst year to take a leap of faith and start a business where you have to be around people. Yeah. Yeah. So I went right back to the marketing agency and I left on great terms. I've always like maintained positive relationships with them because I literally left the week COVID was announced like a pandemic. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was awful. I mean, it felt like such a failure at the time. Obviously there's not much you can do. It was COVID, but I just felt dumb. I was like, well, that was you know, very anticlimactic. And yeah. Then, so I worked in marketing until I left again in 2021. And I thought I would be okay, to be honest. I was like, okay, I think I can like make this work. I had roommates. I was living in Virginia Beach. But I remember being at a point where I was like, I actually don't know that I'm going to be able to pay my bills. And I was 27. And I say this with like so much respect for anyone from any walk of life, no matter what job you do. But at 27, like leaving my marketing job, And walking into like a local bar and being like, I need a job (laughs) felt very, it was very humbling after having like a a great career at Disney for over two years. And then pharmaceutical marketing for two and a half years. Like I felt like I was like on a good Avenue. And then it's like, Oh wow, I'm like needing a second waitress job to make ends meet. So I was very much like 
figuring things out and and kind of struggling to be honest to make ends meet as a videographer photographer well i also think about your trajectory right miss Mm -hmm. virginia teen usa 2011 miss virginia 2019 second runner-up miss virginia winner Mm -hmm. then like you said you already alluded to if you're performing in tokyo at a disney land restaurant like you have this this foundation to do these like like massive things in entertainment Mm -hmm. at this point when you're stepping into a bar at 27 to get like is are, are you met with like I failed. Like, are you feeling that at all? Absolutely. I felt like that. I mean, I I remember being like, it felt, it it definitely felt like, I don't know how to describe it because it's not embarrassing. I don't think I've ever been embarrassed of any walk of life because I've always had this mentality of like, I always joke and say this, but I'm like, oh, it'll be in my book someday. I've always said that from the time I was like 17, 18 years old, when something really hard happened, if I failed really hard, really publicly if just something horrible happened to me, I would, even if I was in tears, I would like be like, oh, it's going to be my book. Like <laughs> it's a part of the story. And I would always, I always had that mentality, but it didn't take away the pain or like that kind of embarrassment in that moment where I'm like, damn, I'm already working at the Hilton down the road in that restaurant. I'm trying to make videography, photography work. I have roommates. I have accomplished all these things. And I'm going into another restaurant to be like, I need a job going into the busy season of like, you know, the summer in Virginia beach. I'm like, I, I need to find something else to make ends meet. So there definitely was some kind of like feeling inside me where it's like, literally I was on the Miss USA stage last year, mm-hmm. performing, competing, networking. And now I'm serving at a local bar, which felt, it, it definitely felt, it was tough. It was a tough pill to swallow, but I'm, I'm always like, I've been a, a high risk taker, I think my whole life calculated risks. And I think I'm always at the end of the day, like a firm believer that I'm going to be able to make things happen for myself. Like I have a hard work ethic. I've never not been able to make money. Like I know I I just believe in myself. And I think that at the end of the day, I would rather like risk it for the biscuit yeah. and make something big out of my life and enjoy my life than um, like stay in pharmaceutical marketing, marketing where I was unhappy and didn't have good work-life balance. Okay. Give us an idea of pharmaceutical marketing and mm-hmm. bartending. Uh, like how much around can you make? At the same time? Yeah. Just like in, mar- in pharmaceutical marketing in general, what yeah. is a high level, what do you get paid annually? And then from a bartending perspective, like what could you pull at night when you were working at the local bar? Okay. So going, going from pharmaceutical marketing, I would say that specific job, I think you can make a lot more money, but that specific job, I think the pay range would be about like 60 to 80 in in my department. Like if I worked my way up, I think the most I could make would be like 80. So like there wasn't longevity for me there to make like over a hundred thousand dollars at that particular company. Sure. And then, yeah, like bartending serving, I feel like that's where it's tricky because, you know, they don't take the taxes. out. (laughs) It's hard to say exactly how much you could make in a year, but I mean, it's it's a lot of, it's a lot of cash money, but I feel like you could make, I mean, in the peak summer season in Virginia Beach, you could make eight hundred dollars in one night. Damn, yeah, you can make money. Good. You can make money, yeah. and that's in a Virginia Beach. I think like L.A. and New York. I'm like, you can make so much money. I mean, that's not a normal night, but that's sure. like the top. But I would say the lower end is like 150 bucks a night. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. So, is it fair to say both of you two, when you're going on, when you decide to go on the show? Financially, you're doing, you're doing okay. You're, you guys are fine. It's not like you're in a dire situation or anything. Everything financially is going fine. Yeah. Okay. The show calls you. To you, is this like, okay, I was Miss, you know, Virginia. I was on Miss USA. 
and I'm now bartending and now ABC is knocking on my door. Like mm-hmm. career professional wise, did you see this also as another opportunity to get back to where you thought your life was headed? So interestingly, the bachelor had contacted me for the pa- the previous four years. What? Yeah. Stop it. So for four years in a row, I had been in communication with them. So I turned Justin, to- was that the same for you? No. No. (laughs) So it pretty much started in 2018, I think. So maybe it was three years. But I was like open minded to it. I didn't, I certainly had seen people go before me and be like, oh, this could be like an interesting avenue and could, could certainly change your life. But I also thought it was really high risk. Is that why you said no? The first time I, well, the only time I said no, the first, the two of the times I like made it some part of the process and then like, you know, no communication, whatever. One time I said no, because I was, I wanted to be Miss USA. I was like, I'm going for my dream. Like I've had this dream since I was a kid. And so I was like, I can't really do both in the same year. So I chose to go for Miss USA. I feel like that's where bachelor casting directors just hang out. They just go to the pageant. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, so true. It's unbelievable. They run the pageant circuit. So the fourth time you say yes. Then. Yeah. Okay. And when you do that though, you have to now put your business on hold and mm-hmm. your full-time job, right? Yeah. Were there any issues with you potentially losing your job by going on the show? No, everybody was supportive. So I wasn't in pharmaceutical marketing going onto the show. I was, okay, you're- I was just doing the video photography and serving at that time. Okay. I, had, I had left and been like, okay, I'm going to pursue Zero. this. Okay. But I did have to refund a wedding, which was like the last of my money. Interesting. I had enough money. Like I literally, like it was, I mean, weddings are like, at the time I was doing them pretty cheap, but it's like 2,500 bucks. And for yeah. me, I was like, that's like everything I have to be able to make it two months. If I make it all the way, like yeah. that felt to me like a big deal in the moment as somebody trying to build their business. I was like, was there a predicament that the wedding could, you could have been back by the wedding and you didn't know what to do or were you for sure going to be filming? I think I was for sure. It was at the beginning. Okay. So, or okay. As- so assuming. Yeah. So you refund the wedding, you take a shot, yeah. you go on the bachelor. Okay. Yeah. When you, I'm just curious for both of you guys, cause you had talked about the psychology thing. When you did the psychology thing, I'll never forget. <laughs> I, I had like two, cause I was like kind of nervous. I'm like, what is this process? I had two drinks on the plane and then I was like, I'm just going to go to sleep. And then they put the 600 questions psych test in oh, front of God. us. Did you guys have that too? Yeah. Right. I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, we need this filled out in an hour. So I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And I was like, I'm going to fall asleep. I had a couple of cocktails. So I ordered like a bunch of beers of the room and I was like, let's just grip it and rip it. Like, and I did mm-hmm. that psych test that, that whole thing was barbaric. Insane. That was like, you talk about interview processes and stuff in life. Like that was one of the hardest interviews. There were like processes. some trick questions on there I know. So for me too. And like, did they have somebody? Well, when I did it, they had somebody like watching me take it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So I did mine before I, you know, got selected. Uh, it was like kind of back to back with like the drug testing and stuff. And I was out there like asking the guy questions. <laughs> they were yeah. like, don't talk to him. They're just there to monitor. <laughs> I probably can't repeat one of the questions. Or maybe I can. I don't know. Well, but I, a monitor. I had somebody watching. I too. But you I re- did? Mm-hmm. On a video camera, right? Mine was a virtual. Yeah, it was. It was virtual. Yeah. yeah. Do you think I can get in trouble for like one of the, yeah. like one of the questions yeah. vividly? It was like. It was so tricky because it was like psych exam, right? So it was like, do you like fire? And I'm like, well, they're probably looking to see if I'm an arsonist risk. But I'm like, also, I'm like, I like s'mores and like a cozy. I'm like, so I'm asking the guy, I'm like, I'm like, hey, in what context? Like, I don't love playing with fire, but like, I like a cozy. He was like, just answer the question. I was like, man, you're no fun. 
<laughs> I'm like trying to make him laugh. He's yeah, like, answer the question. Then like, you meet with okay. this like, yeah. I have an issue with fights. <laughs> oh, I just like s'mores. God. Unbelievable. All right. So, so funny. I got a lot of Well, somehow we all made it through. Not all of us were asked eight seasons in a row to go, but we made it. Must be nice. We made, Justin and I just. Somebody dropped out. They're like, kid, you're in. You're in. Yeah. <laughs> you and I both. Yeah. Just squeak them by. Let them in. All right. So we go on, go on the show. All of us actually went pretty far. You get off the show. Talk to me a little bit. Let's start with you, Justin. How did your life change professionally? Like, did you rethink things? I know you went back to work, but you get this lift in social media. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think about just taking that on full time <clears throat> at the point? Like, talk to me about that. Initially, no, because I'm just such a realist. And I've always, just the way I was brought up, I feel like the world of social media was just, you know, never in the realm of a possibility of being like a primary source of income. Like, I just, you know, both my parents, college full-time jobs just like very straight you know arrow type people and so i was like well that's what i'm that's gonna be my trajectory just like finance career for until the day i die right and so and i and i like being in corporate you know for the most part so you know a lot of people you know i'd kind of laugh at people that like quit their jobs before they even went on the show then you know get tossed night one i'm like that'll never be me like you know so Mm -hmm. i like took pride in going back to work afterwards and it was challenging because I, you know, no matter how many people you talk to about how, you know, things could change for you social media wise, opportunity wise, whatever. Like I was talking to my cousin Marshall about it, who went on Love is Blind. I was trying to prep him, but like, there's nothing like actually experiencing it. And, you know, I was working remotely. So it was 2021. So we were still remote. And I remember just kind of being on my laptop working, but it's like that phone is like calling your name. It's like, let me refresh and like, see like who's liking my stuff and like messaging. It was just so new. And all the fan accounts are tagging you, talking about you, looking at all the podcasts that are like recapping, you know, what you did in the previous. It was so hard for me to stay focused on my job. So let me let me separate the two. Job wise, it was still good um, because, you know, understandably, every all my coworkers wanted to talk about it. And they were like, oh, my God, I love doing this. It was kind of weird because I was like, when I'm at work, I just want to be Justin, yeah. you know, at work. Right. Yeah, work but that's unrealistic because people are watching it. They are like, I work with this guy, you know, so they're messaging me like intraday. And I'm like, guys, crazy. Like, you know? Yeah. I, the and, same thing happened to me. And, and, and even my clients, man, like I, you know, I would call an advisor and I'm like about to talk mutual funds. He's like, Hey man, my wife loves you. I'm like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Hey, but it's good for business. So yeah, I'm like, let's talk sure. about it. You know what I mean? Sure. So it was good in that regard, but you know, inevitably opportunities came along. And as you know, the finance industry is very highly regulated. And so there were some nuances that I wasn't prepared you know, didn't know I had to navigate, but was totally fine navigating. And what I mean by that is, you know, any outside income I had to report and get brand deals approved. And so this was a brand new process to me, to the firm, you know, and it, it, it got complicated pretty quickly. Is that why you ended up leaving? Yeah, it was, was it your departure or no? It was kind of a, it was a sticky situation. It was, it was sort of like, it was very sticky. Yeah, it was like that's a bachelor. Just don't work didn't together. mix well. Didn't mix no. well, and it was it was interesting, you know, because <clears throat> prior to going on, like I said, I was like I wasn't too gung ho on doing it, and I had all the support, you know, from my employer to like to 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 do it. And then once the opportunities started coming in, it was like whoa, 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 we weren't expecting this, and I was like, well, it's primetime ABC, you know, and I did pretty well. I was like, I. As much as I'm trying to come back and just be normal, Justin, I was like, so long as it's not interfering with my work, I, I don't see the issue. And, you know, there's stuff that I would, you know, you know, not only brand deals, but I got to the point where 
I was submitting everything, doing my job, getting everything approved, right? And then it felt like they were kind of picking and choosing what they were okay with. You know, Cameo, for instance, right? For those who don't, you know what Cameo is. People want you to say happy birthday and Merry Christmas, right? And it was like, hey, hey, we thought we asked you to, you know, submit everything you were monetizing. I was like, hey, honest mistake, didn't even think about it. It's Cameo. They're like, well, you need to shut it down. I was like, why is that? Well, we have no control over what you're saying on your Cameo. I was like, I'm not providing any financial advice on Cameo. I can promise you that, you know? And I was like, for what it's worth, you don't have control over what I say on my Instagram story. I don't post anything inappropriate, but, you know, cool. I will oblige. And it just got to, you know, I would get on, invited on trips, you know, to, to Belize with this, with this company. And, you know, I got it approved, got the trip approved. And no one sees that I'm waking up four hours earlier, you know, cranking out work, on calls, doing everything, right? Still you know, had one of the top performing territories in the U.S. And, you know, they see, you know, people at work, whatever, would see me post a picture of a swimming with turtles, right? Yeah. And I'm getting calls. It's like, hey, you know, could you refrain from posting? I'm like, you guys approved this trip. Like, you want me to post behind my laptop? Or do you think people want to see me swimming with turtles? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, I'm getting my stuff done, but yeah. I got to give the people the cool stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm in Belize. Yeah, that's what And I got it approved. Yep. You know, and then it's like, well, I'm like, hey, well, why are people like Snoop? They're, he was like, well, people are wondering how much vacation time. I'm like, I'm not on va- like you. I, I pr- this trip got approved. I'm yeah. working remote. I'm like, what's the difference between me wor- working remotely in Belize and someone who wasn't on TV that's in Martha's Vineyard right now? Right. right. There was no answer. It's like, well, the optics, you know, you're in the public eye right now. I was like, I understand that. But it's like if people want to snoop and watch my stuff and compare and complain, like, I, you know, there's only so much I can do. And. So it became a bigger issue. It was like, everything you do needs to be. So I remember like, I wasn't trying to be facetious, but like almond butter would show up on my door front from companies. I'm like, hey, just let you know, this company sent me almond butter. Like, I'm not trying to get in trouble, you know? And, um, you know, it got to the point, I think one of the, the, the tipping points, like Andrew Spencer, he had gotten invited to a USC football game and a Saturday, right? He invited me. We all took a trip out here, went to the game. Monday morning, I get a call with, you know, HR and like, we saw you were on the field at a USC football game and we thought we asked you to report every perk that you were oh getting from. I was like, Hey, <laughs> I, I want to follow the rules, but like, I feel like, you know, where's the employee handbook? These are the Justin rules at this point, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like this yeah. is a Saturday. I'm like, and I even, cause I never want to like throw anyone under the bus or compare, but I'm like, our department raffles off Ravens tickets every week. Are the winners reporting the winning ticket? Like, they're like, no. I'm like, why am I reporting my friend inviting me to a football game? Yeah. On my time. Yep. And it got to the point where it's like, hey, listen, we need to have a conversation. You know, if you are going to want to continue to be here, you can't do anything bachelor related. So, well, lights are mirrored. Yeah. I, was, it was, I was in the exact same situation. Yeah. It was very unfortunate. Yeah. I, I felt more so betrayed than anything. I was yeah. like, you got like you told me to do this. Yeah, well, you're like, achieving all your results. You're exceeding expectations. Yeah, I'm like, why can't I succeed yeah. in both? Yeah. Like, because I wanted to yeah. maintain that career and I wanted to maintain the social aspect, and I, you know, felt like I was doing both. Right. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember it was 5:01 p.m. and then I thought, said to myself, okay, now I was allowed to post because <gasps> they they wouldn't let me do anything no. until 5:01, yeah. and it puts you in that like weird position. There's another funny fact: is Derek Peth, if you remember from Bachelor franchise a while mm. ago. He worked for a financial company that my the bank I worked for ended up acquiring. Mm. This was after my sticky situation, so I called him and I was like, "Dude, I got the playbook for you." He goes, "Oh, I've already been vetted on the playbook because, like oh. you, they literally created their own rules based yeah. on the situation. It's such a bizarre thing yeah. to have to deal with." 
Were you monetizing at a level though? You could leave your job at this point. Yeah. Okay. So you're making enough money off side hustle with Instagram and stuff that you, yeah. you had the ability to do it. Yeah. Okay. When you left in February, did you at all know that paradise was on the radar? It was, it was honestly to the almost to the hour, a bang, bang scenario where I figured they would call me back eventually, Yeah, you know, cause they were only so heavy the previous season. I didn't know when they would start making calls. I knew it would probably start filming in June. But I remember my last day, you know, I'm on the phone with my dad and we were debating whether or not we were going to pursue certain avenues. Sure, sure. You know, I did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we were we were having those conversations and I was literally arrived to a particular office (laughs) for a meeting. And literally, as I touch my butt to the seat, I get a call from one of the producers. I'm like, I know what this call is. I stepped out in the hallway and I said, well, you know, maybe it's a sign. You know, so and that, like, that's it was shit. insane. People that come on this show, this just happens all the time. It's so yeah. weird. Jax Taylor was just here. He said that he was, he had been a, in model and entertainment for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Broke as a skunk, had nothing left. Dad said, you got to come home. Pack the truck up. As he's packing the truck up, same day, Lisa Vanderpump called me. Yep. Like, isn't it so, <laughs> it's so insane weird how these things happen. <laughs> they call you, you end up going, did you get a job in between or did you just wait till paradise? No. So it was, man, I'm, I'm telling you that I have been like the corporate world wants me, you know, <laughs> like, and it's been, it's been like that, that it's, I'm not going to call it the devil, the corporate, you know, whatever that, that voice on my shoulder has been. So even, even when I agreed to paradise, I was like, well, I'm still going to be a corporate guy. Right. So whether it's securing a job now, but I know it's tricky timing because by the time I get through the hiring process, like I can't really like, I was off on paradise. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to put myself in the same situation. So I'm going to be fully transparent to whoever my future employer is, what I have going on for better or for worse. Like they're either going to hire me with that knowledge and knowing it or, or not. But I was like, I'm not gonna put myself in the same situation. So February ish, I actually, when they called, I was like, well, still let me think about it. Like, I don't know. Like I was kind of seeing somebody, but like I wasn't fully dating them. And then they kept calling, kept calling. And by the time probably March-ish, I was like, okay, I'm down. But I had started looking for other jobs. And so I made it all the way through the interview process. They were cool with me being on the show. All good. They were like, maybe we'll start you, you know, in, in May. You can leave for the show, come back. Or should we just start you in July? So we were having those conversations. Um, it ultimately didn't work out. Um, so I, when I going into paradise, I was not, I was just doing social media stuff. Okay. Doing and then, media. yeah. And then I went back to corporate about a couple months after that. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to get into that. Yeah. You go to paradise. Now yeah. we're going back to you, Susie. So okay. I wanted to ask you this. You got rid of that $2,500 deal. Like, are you, are you in a position where you're okay financially? Like, do you have a couple bucks or is it kind of tight? It was definitely tight. Okay. Yeah. And you, but a lot of people talk, especially we hear from women that prepare mm-hmm. for the show and cause they have to buy like all this shit. Like yeah. tons. Did you have to at all go in debt to buy stuff? No. Or did you have like. Thankfully I didn't have to go into debt. I had saved a significant amount of money to go to Miss USA. That's a huge financial. And so I think even having gone to Miss USA, I actually had a lot of wardrobe as well. So I had a lot of gowns, dresses, like things that I could wear. Obviously, I still had to purchase things. Probably, I think I probably spent like 1500 bucks on clothing, but you did it good. Yeah. I think I spent more. I know. <laughs> I mean, Justin does know. I'm like, like I like a deal. I like a budget. Yeah. I feel like I'm not not even not frugal, even that. maybe spending. frugal. Yeah, like yeah. I'm 
I feel like I'm very generous with people, but frugal mm-hmm. with myself and like things That's like great. that. Yeah. And I, I like to even thrift and stuff like that. Like I feel like I'm, or, you know, clothing rentals. Like I love, mm-hmm. I like all that kind of stuff, but I think it helped coming from pageantry, like having some of it. And I also feel like a few years prior, I had someone say, you have to go into debt to make your dreams happen. And I so firmly like believed against that. I was like, I don't think anyone should have to go into debt to achieve your dreams. And I would like stand by that. So I kind of like, was like, I'm going to make things work. But I do think that coming from pageants helped. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable that you did that. 1500 bucks. You killed it. You get off the show though. And these paths, they start on Virginia and Baltimore. And guys, mm-hmm. I hope you see, we're slowly bringing these paths <laughs> together. You get off the show. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, at this point you're with Clayton. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had, we had dinner with you guys at yeah. Kane prime. What did you, what was your career strategy after the show? Once it ended? So I actually went back to waiting tables because I loved it. And I remember, and I was obviously still videography. I was booked for 22 weddings. So like I had a full like year of weddings, but I, I served tables literally the second I came back because I didn't have a wedding from the time I came off the show until the finale. It was like March until my next wedding. So I was like, I need to work still. So I was serving at a restaurant and I remember, I remember Clayton being like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you serving tables? And the, like, they would like play the show as I'm like serving tables. Playing. Yeah. Oh, and so they would have the TVs going and it would literally be the bachelor episodes. And I'd be like, this is so like, I actually thought it was kind of funny, but I've also just always loved like the restaurant industry. Like, those were those $800 nights. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, it's so funny because it was literally like such a locals, like chill vibe of a bar. But I I went back to it and I stayed there literally as long as I could, like through part of the summer. And I went to working one day a week because it was like, it was solely for the social aspect. I just loved doing it. I was working Wednesdays only. And it got to the point where I was like, I'm becoming a burden on them because people were calling, is Susie from The Bachelor working tonight? And I was like, okay, like they're not allowed to release that information. And I was just, I just liked doing it, but I was like kind of set after the show. I was like set on like, I want to stay in Virginia beach. Like I, I want to be close to my family. I, I don't think I've ever been like super driven as far as like, I need to have a ton of money, but I have always desired a unique lifestyle. Like I've always been like, I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy what I do for work. Like I've, and I've always believed that you can enjoy what you do for work. So I don't think I've ever like chased money, even coming off the show. It wasn't like, oh, how can I make the most money out of this? It was like, oh, I just want to like enjoy the life that I've like already created here. But I realized coming off the show, like and even Clayton coming to my home, I was like, oh, it's not the same as it was like the kind of like hustle, like videographer, just kind of I don't know. I just the life I had was so different before the show that when we came off and Clayton was there and we were trying to figure things out, I was like, oh, this isn't like the same life I had and it's not as fulfilling as I thought it would be coming home and like doing being a local wedding vendor. Yeah. So your social media picked mm-hmm. up quickly. You had to be making more off social media than you were making in all your other <clears throat> side jobs pretty damn quickly after the show. Especially yeah. ending up like engaged, right? Well we didn't get engaged, we did but together still, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. End. yeah. I mean, yeah, I waited to take a brand deal, I think, even after being allowed to. I think I waited a month and it was like a three month waiting period already. So it was like the show, I got off the show in November. I didn't take my first brand deal until like July, August of the next year. 
So I waited. Patient. Yeah, I waited a long time. Not I. <laughs> but First I mean, one that came. Like, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I think. I think there was a part of me that like this sounds weird, but I didn't want to seem too eager. Yeah. Like I, I was it. like I, I don't it. like I love my life, and I feel like there is such this like stigma when you come off the show of people being like, oh, everyone's there for this and that, and I'm like, honestly, I loved my life. I was. I was like hustling going into the show like my lifestyle like I was working crazy hours I was like shooting weddings and every single opportunity I got I was taking every single opportunity I got and I was I really loved my life I had great friends like I was it was beach living like it was such a fun lifestyle at 27 to like leave my corporate job and be like I'm gonna try this it was like a new adventure I loved it and so I didn't feel the need to like change everything but it was just different and it wasn't the same anymore. Got it. It's not the same mm-hmm. anymore. It's different. You finish the show. It yeah. doesn't work out with Clayton. You're still on the same professional trajectory, yeah. but there's like the whole world is calling for you and bachelor world to do one of two things, be the bachelorette or be on paradise. Yeah. It's funny that you almost ended up on the same season. Of paradise. <laughs> did they ever contact you to actually be the bachelorette? They did. Yeah. They- last year. And did you, is that something you pursued and it just, they went in a different direction? Yeah, I definitely considered it. And I mean, I would have, if it had been offered to me, I got to the point where I was like, if they give it to me, even the stipulations that I had, I really tried to work on that contract because it's just, you're signing away so much. And I'm not sure that it's the same opportunity that it used to be, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I feel like, you know, a few years ago, it's such a, it's such a career changer. It's such a life changer that even if I didn't love the experience of being the bachelorette, I think it would have been worth it for the career. But I, at that time, I was kind of like, I don't know if it's the same opportunity and if it would be worth it. And I don't, and I don't think I would like it. And I don't think I would, I don't know. I, I really, I really did consider it. And I really did try to negotiate the contract and stuff, but ultimately they went in a different direction. So I didn't even have the choice to, but I did consider it. And I was ultimately like, if it's offered, I think I'll do it. Okay. So yeah. you're on the fence with it, but yeah. they ended up, they ended up moving in a different direction. Everything you said, I think it's very fair to say, like, the if you look at like a an equation, like the current mm-hmm. value of accepting a lead position, like 2015 to probably 2000, like 1920, mm-hmm. was a lot different than I think now. So I get yeah. that. But what about Paradise? Paradise comes your way. You could have yeah. met your now boyfriend <laughs> on Paradise and got paid that TV time for. Did you think about it? I actually, we you wouldn't have been on that season. I, I think, think she. It would have been the next season, season after, yeah. Because yeah. it would have been, been in. A, it would have been the yeah. Oh yeah, because she was with Clayton while I was on Paradise. Doing Paradise. Oh, so it was the next the season. Timeline screwed up. Yeah. There. Okay, so you wouldn't have met that. Yeah. So it's a good thing you didn't go on. Yeah, thank goodness. Did you think about going on? I did think about it. I did. I, I, again, I'm like, I really did consider it. And like I said earlier, I love to risk it for the biscuit. Like I am. <laughs> I, I love to. I'm like, I, I'm not afraid in in most ways and in most things, I'm not afraid to like risk it or take a chance on myself or take a chance. Like, I don't think I'm going to make a fool of myself. I'm not going to get in a fight with anybody on the beach. Like I'm going to be super laid back and like, just try to enjoy it. But I did not think I would be successful in finding love on the beach. And I thought to be honest, to be completely honest, I think it, it would have taken me out of other opportunities that I could find elsewhere. I'm like, you're signing then a contract with ABC that you can't do something for a year. I can't, couldn't do YouTube for a year. And it's not like I'm making a ton of money on YouTube right now, but that's my, what I'm pursuing for sure. Yeah. So it's like, I thought, I thought it was a smarter choice to withhold and be like, I'm not going to find love. Like, I don't think there's anybody that I'm going to meet there that I'm going to fall in love with. 
And I don't think it's financially worth it. And I don't think it's worth getting into a contract where I can't do a single other thing that I want to pursue this year. And she knew I was at home. I was going to say that (laughs) that too. But also you're right. That's the tough part about the contract. It's not even about the payment. It's about that you would be stuck with everything for so long. Like you're just handcuffed to what you would do and how you would do it. Yeah. That's the interesting part. All right. So now we're slowly getting to that iceberg (laughs) where the two worlds collide Career-wise, professionally-wise, we know that you hired Susie. At what point did you guys know? Like, at what point did you know that this friendship was going to be a relationship? And then that's going to connect to some career questions. Actually, I think that I have to give Justin credit. It just was really, like, gentlemanly, the way he approached it. We started to be a little bit more flirty, probably, leading up to the conversation. And we had a, like a funny night mm-hmm. where we were like flirty and it was like, wait, is this happening? Like, I don't know if you're into this. I, I'm into this. And then we went to Justin's house. We Ubered. We had been out. We had had a few drinks. We weren't drunk, but we'd had a few drinks. And we Ubered back to Justin's house and he like really sat down. We like sat down on his couch and he was like, I think we should talk about this. Like, I like you and I think that there could be something more than friendship, but I value you and who you are. and our friendship and like, I would never want to do anything to make you uncomfortable. Like you really just like set it up to be a very like comfortable, respectful situation. Told me how you felt. I told you how I felt, but we both acknowledged we were like super freaked out to like ruin this, to ruin other relationships around us. Like we don't want to be the couple that like can't be invited to hang out with a friend group because, you know, we were just like so nervous of messing anything that was already so good up. And um, yeah, then we decided to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> After the respectful yeah. approach. Yeah. And that was that. But you already talked a little bit about manifesting the career track and living track to LA. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk to me a little bit about when was the decision made to come to LA and you thought about possibly even being roommates and things mm-hmm. like that. Like, talk to me about that and career wise. Tell me a little bit about that decision to come out here. And you already alluded to the fact that you kind of manifested it. I'm curious what that looked like. Yeah. So I had never left Baltimore my entire life. And so I always knew that I wanted to experience living somewhere else. And for the longest time, I thought that city was going to be New York. When I was living in Baltimore, I was there probably once a month, if not more sometimes. And so it was always New York for me. And then you know, I guess probably around the new year, it was like literally like my resolution last year. I was like, I need to just rip the bandaid and do it because every time I say I'm going to do it, I make an excuse as to why staying here is you know easier, more comfortable, makes more sense, whatever. I was like, I'm doing it. I don't care how uncomfortable it's going to make me. I don't care what unknowns are in front of me. I'm going to do it. And, you know, I think Andrew, he's never going to leave Chicago, but he at the same time was like, I'm down to do, you know, a short stint somewhere. He had already done it with Greg through, you know, there's some companies that do pre-furnished apartments that you can do. So it was perfect. The timing aligned. I was like, I'm down to do it with you because I know I want to move. And I knew if I moved to New York, I'm like, I already know what living there is going to be like because I go there all the time. But LA is a huge move. It's across the country. So I was like, before I do rip the bandaid that hard, I want to test it out first. So that's when we started having the discussions. Oh, should we do like a new girl situation? And Mm -hmm. it's all of us. And in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, well, that's going to eliminate any personal pursuits. But I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm down. I'm down. It could be fun. And then, you know, we had the company. Well, let's keep it professional. And at that Mm -hmm. point, we were just, we were friends. We just met. That obviously didn't work out. Susie got her own spot. And then Andrew and I moved out here 
temporarily in like March through May. And I was like, you know what? I can see myself out here. So let's do it. So around May, middle of May, I started looking for places, found my spot, fell in love with it. And I was like, I'm doing it. So I signed the lease in June, had to go back home to move all my stuff out. So I was, I had to sign my lease pretty much on the spot and it was just vacant for a month. I was back home in Baltimore for like that last month or for the month, the entire month of June, almost moving my stuff out and then came back here permanently in July. Okay. And, and Susie, you had already been here. I came out in, I think February. So I did a, I did a short term during the time that I was being considered for a bachelorette. And that's why I did that. I was like, I'm not going to get a place if I'm going to be the bachelorette. So I just was doing like a really short term stay somewhere, also testing the waters. And then I went back home. I had like three weddings on the East Coast uh, to finish up. And then I came back out in May. Yeah. Got it. So mm-hmm. you guys are interested. You're here at the same time. Yeah. You get hired for a little video stuff. <laughs> yeah. When you land in LA, like right now, Justin, what are you doing professionally? A, a little bit of everything. It's it's crazy. You know, the old saying, you know, if you jump, the, per, the proverbial net tends to fall. And so when I came out here, when I was all through that temporary stint, I was I was back in corporate and I was waking up at like, I was still working East Coast hours. So I was up at like 5 a.m. and it was just, you know, it was a startup. So I'm thinking like two or three o'clock rolls around my time. I'm like, I'm good. But it was like, I was pretty much working from sunup to sundown. It was just, it was insane. But being out here in that short stint, I just saw how much opportunity there was. And so to answer your question, it just, it got to a point where I've, I've always been kind of like a left brain, right brain thinker, right? Where the artistic side is where my passion lies. The finance side, I was like, I enjoy it. And I kind of taught myself or like forced myself to be good at it, you know, because I'm like, this is my livelihood, but it's not what I wake up every day passionate about. And so once I started pursuing the creative stuff more heavily, the opportunities started coming. And so right now I'm doing the social media stuff. I'm doing art stuff. And I'm also, I started my own business that I'm preparing to launch in the next couple of months. Hopefully it's in the, in the spirits industry. So I've been putting all my time and energy into that. And I guess it has something to do with espresso martinis. You know, that's a great guess. <laughs> I don't know what led you to that conclusion, but yeah. Okay. yeah so, so full content creator, and then you also have a business coming. Yeah. Within the full content creator world, if you just take, because you've had a big six months, I feel like you've just been everywhere. Yeah. Content, by the way, together as friends and in a relationship. Unbelievably, you. you're killing it. Can you make more doing what you're doing now than what you're doing at like T-Row or some of the big corporate world jobs. yeah and i like i wouldn't just knowing me everyone's different but for better or for worse like i am kind of money driven yeah like yeah admittedly oh, yeah and i i just wouldn't put myself in a position unless i knew that you know i could be better off and you know it's it's one of those things where going back to my t-row days like i've always been a long-term investor right so i don't look at social media as just like a forever thing right because Sure, there's some people where there's a ton of longevity to it, but my whole thing was I'm going to do it now and I'm going to, you know, enjoy it and, and hopefully do it right. But it's with the idea of like, how can I use this to then launch something bigger that it does have longevity? Hence, you know, me coming up with this with this business. Yeah. Um, so it's something I enjoy doing, but my by no means am I looking. I don't know any like 60 year old content creator. You know what I mean? It's like something that I'm doing now to launch something bigger. I'll tell you this though. I know a couple. Do you? I know a couple 70. I know a couple eight year old content. (laughs) It's still there. They still crush it. Yeah. And like, I think if you find your way, it's possible. Yeah. Platforms will change. Like all that stuff will move, but you'd have a ton of success with it. What's so cool to hear the corporate grind 
into the creator grind and knowing that you're sure you're happier, but also you can make a lot more money. I'm, I'm so much happier because, you know, and I think there's some somewhat of a misperception, I guess, like, although it's, it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm grinding like just as hard as, as I was in corporate, you I know, three times. Harder. Yeah. It's, it's not like I'm just like snapping a picture and posting and just making a bunch of money. Right. Like I'm like both of us, like we work, we plan we it's it's a grind you know what i mean and it got to the point where i i got a sniff of that coming out here right and then it's like okay i'm comfortable doing this full time because i that was when i was trying to juggle both worlds so i'm like i can only imagine what it could be like if i step away and i can focus all my time and energy not only on the content creation but my business that like i'm doing for me and not for somebody else um and you know super blessed and fortunate and knock on wood that that has all worked out um so. And Susie, for you, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because with it, we talked a little bit. Being from Bachelor Nation, you get off the show, you get your following, you got to be entrepreneur. Like mm-hmm. you got to grind because yeah. it's likely maybe you'll get called back for a paradise, and maybe you got a shot at being leave. It's likely you're not going to end back up on ABC cameras, right? And you're not going to get a check from them again. So you got to make it work. Mm-hmm. I feel like you've done an amazing job at making it work since day one. Right now, full time content creator. Are you yeah. still doing all the video and photography work too? Uh, so up until like the last two months, yes, I, I did do like six or seven weddings in LA. So I had a few in Virginia to finish up. I did six or seven in LA. So much smaller year weddings. Okay. And then I just realized I got to the point where I couldn't manage both. Like I was, I was slipping on both sides of things where I wasn't really succeeding at either. I felt I wasn't like nailing it as a wedding videographer anymore and I wasn't growing in that anymore and I was kind of and I was kind of starting to dread some of my gigs and then I felt like I wasn't putting everything I could into content creation so I've stopped accepting bookings I still have a few more in the coming year to to pursue and they're exciting ones they're travel ones so like I'm excited for those but I'm I'm taking a step back from wedding videography pivoting I still want to do photography videography I do see a career for myself in photography videography but I want to just, I think I want to step away from weddings. They're such long days. They're exhausting. And it's the same thing over and over again. So I think I want to kind of like lean into my creativity and maybe do something a little different. Still trying to figure that side out. But right now, mostly relying on content creation and those avenues and and being hopeful. Like I'm trying to like sharpen my skills with other things too. I I would love to like host a YouTube show or host another show you know what i mean like i think all those opportunities are appealing to me and i'm just trying to figure out my footing okay at the, at the height of let's say that marketing job yeah. in pharmaceuticals that range is 60 to 80 we got the 80k mm-hmm. you're making the 800 dollars a night doing <laughs> yeah. essentially appearances as a bartender <laughs> are in your content world right now are yeah. you making significantly more than that uh yes are you making a, a to a point that you just like never in your life imagined because money's never been like your pursuit yeah, I would say so. Like, yeah, I would say so. I, Financial conversations always yeah. make people feel awkward. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, I guess my mentality on it is like, not that I never could have imagined. I, I think it's that wording. So I'm like, I've always known. I'm like, I've You're always like, known. It's I'm my always, book, bitch. It's in my yeah, book. Yeah. I'm like, that's the ending. Like, I'm a rich billionaire. But like, you know, that's the ending. So it's not that I've never pictured myself like having financial, like major financial success or like financial freedom. Like, I feel like I've always tried to be smart with the way I use my money. Yeah. But to be honest, I didn't know how much money was in content creation. Great. So like I thought coming off the show, I did think like, yeah, this, I could make money at this. I kind of thought, oh, maybe I'll make like a hundred thousand dollars 
coming off the show, like the first year, like after, after I realized everything, I was like, I feel like, you know, that would be awesome if I could make a hundred thousand dollars doing content creation, but you can make more than that. Yeah. And, and I have made more than that. So like, yeah, I think to me to go from being in like the range that I was in and working and hustling and, and being an entrepreneur, but also like having to show up and serve tables like hush puppies and beer like you know i mean i i feel like it is it is interesting to go from that to something that i'm i truly love and i truly am passionate about and be able to make more money yeah. doing it so it is it is cool and, and eye opening but it's not that i didn't see it coming <laughs> you know? it was in your book let's yeah. go yeah all right, now here's like the full circle moment. We're here, everybody. So you got the independent success that each of you have had. You've had both wild directions. Content creative and just creative work in general is both in your blood. You now are a couple. Being a couple in this world is significant. Like the, maybe the theme of this world could be like now, this episode could be like the power of one. <laughs> so when you think about it. Nice. Now, a lot of people, though, in this space, they operate in one of two ways, I think. I can name off of... A bunch of couples, I won't, but you can see what they do. Mm -hmm. They either operate independently and just continue to do their own thing, or they like use their power as one to create like a whole empire. Where do you guys see from here the trajectory? Where do you go? Because even like a lot of the content you did when you were in the Mm -hmm. friend stage was together. Like, what does the business plan look like? We got to figure that out. We we, we honestly haven't talked about that, you know, up. To this point, we've just both like making content with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't until recently where brands would reach out and be like, you know, we never like we never sat down like, hey, we could make a killing doing yeah. this. Like yeah. that was never the thought or intent or mm-hmm. whatever. And not like I said, not until recently, brands started reaching out and they're like, we like the both of you together. Yeah. And even that we we've never been like, let's keep doing, you know, it's just like. Yeah let's keep making content and people, if people like it, great, but more so it's like, cause we enjoy it and we think we're funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we really haven't had that conversation. Yeah. And to be honest, I think the first brand that approached us, which by the time this airs, it'll, it'll be out, I'm sure or coming up. Oh no. It, already it already did it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's silly. Sweethearts, which is like a Valentine's day candy and they have a situation ship box. And we took a call with them. And to be honest, I was just so excited that they loved our skits Mm -hmm. because I think skits can be so it's you're putting yourself out there. They could flop. You know what I mean? Like it's you're trying to write a little comedy and like make fun. You're going to have to put your acting skills to the test. Like it's vulnerable. And so sometimes you put stuff out there and you're like, oh, I don't know. Is this going to be cringy? Is it going to be funny? (laughs) And so they they loved our skits and they were just like, we just think you're so funny and we we enjoy watching it. It's entertaining. And to me, as somebody that like enjoys creating, writing, (laughs) directing, producing, I was like, that is like the biggest compliment that a brand would like what not just me looking hot in a swimsuit or the way my hair looks or like my makeup. It's like they liked something from in here that we put out into the mm-hmm. world, which to me was like the biggest compliment and so exciting. I think right there you nailed that, especially from the bachelor world when you've done that mm-hmm. and, and people are recognizing something other than you yeah. on the bachelor. Yeah. That's when you know you're in the right lane. That's how you know you're making it. And I think anybody from the show that's been able to grind and make a career out of this, they've done exactly mm-hmm. that. You can't be known as the person from the show. You have to yeah. be known for what you do after the show. 
and your skits and then also your video editing mm-hmm. and the creative it's brilliant do you guys do you actually write your stuff out before like do you we actually write yeah. it out so you yeah. write it out act it out produce it post edit it and you do it all you're together yeah wow that's incredible maybe there's a production company it's, it's here. on we've, we've talked we've about it well no we've talked about we we haven't talked about like let's do more brand deals yeah. we've talked about like how can we use our talents to do something yeah. oh i didn't yeah and, so yeah, we yeah. we just had the conversation this morning we in my about, kitchen yeah. justin is like like i can run a camera and i know how to run a camera and i know how to do a lot of technical skills but I don't think I'm actually that artistic. I think I'm a great writer. That was like my best subject growing up. And I took so many like writing, like script classes in college. Like I love that. I love concepts and emotion and all that stuff. But Justin has a vision. Like, I, like I am so not detail oriented, but Justin is like truly a creative director. Like even when we do shoots, like the way he does stuff, I'm like, you have such a skill. Like if we before we ever started dating we used to we said this we were like we should create like a package not even to put us in it but to create stuff for brands for their social media because he's so good at the creative directing and i think that i can run the camera and mm-hmm. i've got like some of the technical skills and the writing and stuff like that where we've talked about that before and I, and we work well together in those yeah. scenarios game on i think you guys are going to create something absolutely <sighs> amazing that's my guess my <laughs> question is though to do that you might have to be under one roof you guys talking about moving in or is that not on the topic yet? I think I'm too messy. <laughs> Honestly, there's like new studies out now that say like sleeping in separate rooms yeah. is like created like healthy love. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's, that's nice. the answer. Live in two different spots. Yeah. Right now we're totally. I mean, we, spots. yeah, we, I mean, I literally was just talking about this the other day. It feels like yeah. we already lived together. Like yeah. we're at each yeah. other's place all the time. Yeah. But I feel I would definitely be the difficult one to live with. I'm like, I'm pretty OCD about like, yeah, actually. Like that's why he's the great at creative directing. He's very particular. very particular. Oh yeah. And, and if you're you, messy. Oh, that, that and, and I'm like, I've oh, tried to get better about it. I have my lovely mother to thank for, but actually both my parents are very neat, yeah, but you're not I, I mean, I, I grew up like I was doing chores, cleaning bathrooms like every Saturday. My dad has always been like everything on his desk is like organized. Like when I was at T-Row, I have come people, people come in to be like, you're a serial killer. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, everything is literally in perfectly squared. Like, no, like a post-it note wouldn't be off. But that like, even every time we leave my house, like I'm reef doing my decor pillows and like putting the blank. Like, I just love my place to look aesthetically pleasing and just clean. And it's just like how I've always been. Wow. And I try to respect it. Like I notice yeah. it and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to fluff the pillows before I leave the room. Like I, I definitely try to be respectful, but naturally in general, I think that I am way more about ev- like everything in life. I'm pretty like, ah, you know, it's mm-hmm. cool. Like, like I, whatever. I, I yeah. very, and everyone's different. Like there's some beauty in that. Cause like, I wish I was more like that to some degree, yeah. but there's also times where like, I very rarely lose anything. Yeah. And Susie would be like, like all, she's like, where's, where's that SD card? I'm like, you just had it. But it's like, we're kind of adapting <laughs> to like no each other. So like, if we go in a parking yeah. garage, I'm like, let me get the parking ticket and I'll hold on to you it. Cause it. I'm it's like, good. you know what I mean? These behaviors before yes. you move it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we, we, we work well together. We I really do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Last part about this interview. A second book I have coming out, is called talk money to me. That concept is that like, we're really not taught love and money. Like we're, we've learned so much now about love and we're starting to learn about money, but like having financial transparent conversations is challenging, especially in relationships. So mm-hmm. I'll keep it broad with you guys. I don't want to get too in the weeds, but, but from a financial standpoint, like, do you guys talk openly about this? Is it something that is not your forte, something to work on? Like when deals come in, do you talk about the dollars? Where do you guys stand? Honestly, we do. And open. I, I'm t- like, it has been 
the best transition because we would kind of, I mean, we didn't not as in depth, but I feel like the year long friendship Mm -hmm. and just like trust and everything that we built in that time, it just made for such a seamless and easy transition into more than friends because we were working together before we were having discussions about our personal whatever. And so now I try to be Susie's biggest supporter and she, and vice versa. Like she supports me so much. It's like, we are genuinely, which I, you know, I, I can't speak for a lot of couples, but like we are genuinely happy when the other person succeeds and like gets an opportunity. And it's just like, dude, how much is that one for? Like, that's yeah. sick. Like, I'm, yeah. like I'm so happy for it's. So we just, it's not like a comparison thing or it's just like, Oh, right. like, like up your worth, like you're worth more. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, should you do that? Should, like, we just have conversations like, Hey, do you think I should take this one? Or like, we just, we have yeah. those open conversations. And I feel like we're both so different that we're not in competition with each other yeah. either, which not that I think that would matter anyways, but I think you've really like niched yourself into a very cool space and I'm still trying to figure out my niche. I think probably because I'm also as a person all over the place, but I think that we just have different opportunities. And if I can get Justin paid on an opportunity that I'm invited to, I'm going to do it. And yeah. same with mm-hmm. you for me. Like I, we yeah, literally, I, you know, each other so much after we've started to, I, well, we've started to see more brands want both of us. Mm-hmm. So like you just said, like if a brand reaches out, I'm like, Hey, how can we kind of parlay this? And this uh, makes sense for yeah. Susie to be in it. And it's just like, yeah, we've, we've been pretty open about that. And as far as like personal finances, like, I think moving to LA was such a, an expensive move for both mm-hmm. of us that we have been open about like our rent or the, even like my equipment that I'm investing in and all these things. And it's like, we've, we've definitely had some discussions about those things. And I think it's been good because it kind of helps you gauge like, is you know, the industry standard and like what, it, what people are making. Like, I think it's kind of better to have those open conversations because then, you know, like, Oh, so that was a real low ball or, Oh, that Mm -hmm. was a great one or whatever. So we kind of, it's good to be open and we've been really open about everything. And I think it's just made things very positive and healthy. The basis of your, what you guys have done, I think is the friendship to open conversation to working as one to supporting one. It's huge in a space that's like really hard to do that. Let's end with a little bit of a rapid fire. It's a fun little money game. (laughs) You guys Mm -hmm. ready for this? Okay. All right. So we'll start with you, Justin, your financial green flag and Susie you're next what is Justin's one financial green flag well I mean and I'm fortunate that I had the investment background but I, I invest so I think good you probably don't want a long-winded answer but I think it's something like had I not been in that industry you know I've got friends relatives whatever they just you know they could be making good money but just like dude like you got to invest you can't just like have it sitting in a savings account, like have your money work for you. And some people, you know, not to their fault. They don't know what to invest in, what sectors to look for, what to, you know, whatever. But like, fortunately that was my live, like that's how I made a living. So I think my green flag is just investing. Good investors, <laughs> a good one. Given Mark Colster a plug here, we're in his house here. We just had a conversation about the fact people are usually really good at just making money or mm-hmm. just investing. And if you have the combo of both, that's huge. So that's a green flag. If you have crypto questions, go over to Mark Colster, check him out on Twitter. Susan, sure. your green flag. I like to ball on a budget. (laughs) I like to, I like to, I like to make deals. Like I'm, I'm yeah, I think financially I like to play it safe. Like I always, and I don't, it's probably not a good thing that it's probably fear-based, but I always want to be sure that I'm like comfortable and like, I'm good. So I just, I try to make things work, make my money go a long way. Can I give her a shout out for this as well? So we, we are so similar in so many ways. And like, this is, a very appreciated trait about Susie. Like she's so easygoing. 
it's like little, like we both don't get me wrong. We like nice things and we like mm-hmm. to wine and dine and all yeah. that stuff. But it may seem so minuscule, but we were planning New Year's Eve, right? And it's like, okay, you went to the Ravens Dolphins game. It's like, we're ripping from here. And then we got to take a train and like, but I want you to get the bar experience in Baltimore and like meet my friends and this, this and that. And I'm like, I'm trying to make dinner, like these really nice dinner reservations. She's like, you know what? Like we could save time and money and we could just get ready at the hotel and like Uber eat some food. I'm like, <laughs> you're like, I'm like, you. what? <laughs> What's your ring size? You know, but it, <laughs> even last night, it's like, you know, I love cooking, but it's like, I'm also like, can be heavily convinced to Uber Eats or just go out. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? Let's be healthy and like make dinner. It's yeah. like, yeah. so she's very like, just fruit, oh, like, like that. easy. And there's a ease. lot of good, a lot of good vibes yeah. here, <laughs> personally and with the financial time. My ring size is a five. It's five. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> no, okay. hey, if you're a ring company out there, <laughs> these are two great creators. Let's get them. Neil paid. Lane is salivating yeah. at the mouth. <laughs> Neil Lane, step your game up because there will be other bidders here, okay? All right, financial red flag. Go, one financial red flag. I probably could use a lesson on investing, so I'll be well, talking to you later about that. Sounds like you got the guy to do yeah, it. Yeah, I got Just the guy it. to help me. I don't know if you have one, yeah. but you got to dig one. Dig gotcha. a financial red flag. Oh, I know. I have one for sure. Let's hear I have expensive taste. He's oh. bougie. Okay, I'm so bougie this, as hell. This is the great le- third question of the rapid fire. Was one thing that you'll spend money on that no matter what your financial situation is, you'll continue to spend money on? What is it? My home decor. Yeah. Wow, yeah. interesting guys. Yeah, dude. The most interesting man. <laughs> OCD. Yeah. yeah. Like, where are you shopping? Oh, man. Everywhere. All over. All <laughs> Everywhere. over. Everywhere. Where is it? I mean, my, my single Saturdays were truly just going out, hitting store to store to store online. I, like, I enjoy wow. decor shopping. It's like everything in life I can't do, I don't want to do, but I wish I did. Yeah, want well, to. I wish I could. Yeah, it's. Damn. It's. Maybe you need to like create a blog or something. Maybe. Oh, he'd be so good at that. I'm. I think oh my God, so many or for things. Single men, like I don't know where to go. Like to, I don't know where to start. You might be onto something. Okay, yeah. let's do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Susie, <laughs> what, oh no, we already did that. Was one thing that you uh, spend too much money on? Maybe this doesn't work for you. <laughs> but no matter what, you're going to continue to spend this money on this situation. I actually think it's it's people. It's other people. Like yeah. I feel like I will like not even think That's twice, good. and I'll be like, okay, there's ten people here. We're in Santa Monica. I'm like. Like 10 shots of the, your best tequila. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Like I, I do that. not care. And I'm, I'm just in that sense. I'm like, I'll spend money. I'm on not people. trying to like continue to answer for you, but I'm just trying to piggyback. That is like everything. It's so right. Because even when we were friends, I'd be so frustrated because we'll go somewhere. And Susie's like, Oh, I'll buy the six t- tickets to Disney world, Disneyland. You guys just pay me back later. And I'm like, yo, what's your Venmo? And I'm like, have you asked the people for them? Like, she's like, ah, I'm like, dude, the tickets are expensive. Like get your money. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, like you too. I appreciate the person that's always willing to like put the, you know, everyone gets yeah. alligator arms, but I'm like, get your money. Back. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I just uh, believe, Leave, it comes back to you and Those you tickets also are expensive absolutely absolutely but you also notice like i notice the people that like don't yeah it's a learning lesson it there. is and it's like it's a cheap i can learn that lesson but also yeah. send the request for sure now yeah noted but i'm still send the request that's fair. that's fair that's fair i don't know i'm just like such a believer and like yeah. it'll find its way back to me and them i'm such a I'm like oh, karma's real a <laughs> lot of good vibes going here let's wrap with this one a check that you got, let's say recently, maybe the last couple of years, a check that just, it doesn't even have to be it was the most amount of money, could mm-hmm. be if you want it, but like a check that you're just like, yes, either from where it came from or when it came in, mm-hmm. it could be a dollar amount, it could be the meaning behind it, like a, a good moment 
with a check that came in. Last one we got. For I kind of had back-to-back ones that were important to me. One was from Jack Daniels, and then the other was through Hilton, and they had me out there during Art Basel week. And so those were two really important, big and important ones to me because one, I have worked hard to kind of carve my own niche in like the spirits industry. And, you know, it wasn't like your typical, like, oh, make a cocktail at home. Like they had me, they flew me out to Lynchburg, Tennessee, where the distillery is. And, you know, I was one of like five creators and, you know, took us on like a three day tour of the distillery and we learned the history and the taste. It was just like a very immersive, selective, unique experience that I was getting like paid well for. So I was like, wow, this is okay. Like you said, they're noticing me for something beyond just being on this show, yes. right? And then Art Basel, obviously, I'm an artist. So to like, again, you know, despite the check size, like to get paid to be somewhere where I was going to Art Basel the past couple of years anyway. So I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. So I'd say those were my two. Let me ask, combined, I got to drill down Money Mafia will yell at me if I don't. Combined over 10K? Oh, yeah. Let's go. You saw the oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> See, I always got to press for a number. They, yeah, if I yeah. don't, then they yell at me. <laughs> and I, and I, I keep a high level if you don't want to answer directly yeah. all of it. All right, Susie. Okay. I know I mentioned it, but I, I think similarly, it was like being recognized. The sweethearts thing, it wasn't the, the price amount. It wasn't a crazy number. It certainly wasn't my biggest brand deal or our biggest brand deal at all. But it was a moment where you realized, like you said, you're not being recognized just from being on the show. You're being recognized for something you're putting out into the world, which has kind of been these skits and like leaning into comedy. And so it just felt like recognition of like, you're going in the right direction. You're being recognized for things that you value in yourself, which is like creativity and comedy and, you know, being able to draw people into a story that just felt to me, it just felt really flattering. And if I can make money, make a living doing that kind of work, I think I would be really happy. So that, that check to me meant a lot, even if it wasn't like the biggest financial. And your one. situationship is now a relationship. That's right. <laughs> what were the Thank deliverables you, on that? <laughs> it was just a reel. Just a, a reel. A Did you have reel. to do a reel too? No. So they gave the option. So they, mm-hmm. they reached out to Susie and they were like, we love your stuff with Justin. And I had the option to either like get paid to just be featured in it. And she just posted to her page the option to not be in it at all or the option to collab post with her. Um, okay. Well, I gotta be, I gotta be hard on you. I was hard on him. Yeah. Over 10 K. Yeah. So it started out less than 10 K and then they came back for more like usage yeah. and yeah, it's like right at 10 K. Let's go. You yeah. You're cleaning up. You're doing it together. You think about where you guys have been to where you are now, your whole story, Baltimore, Virginia, the show relationships, failing, working, and then finding each other all because you hired. <laughs> a How crazy. That is crazy. Work. I yeah. love that it started with an ask from a professional it's perspective. Yeah. Uh, Me too, actually. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm just telling you, I'm in the room, guys. You can watch it on YouTube. I feel great energy. <laughs> I have a feeling like in a couple of years, I'm going to have you guys back because something big's going to happen here. I mean, I like that. I mean, I did relationship wise. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. You already got the ring size. I'm talking like, I think you guys are going to build something that's going to be pretty cool. I appreciate that. Thanks. I your hope skills so. are hope, yeah. different, yeah. but they're unique. Yeah. You know? So there's something there. All right. We got to end you. with a trading secret. So it's a trading secret. It's going to be anything from your career track, your financial management that you can't get in a textbook, can't learn on a TikTok tutorial or YouTube or from a professor, only from your career experience and navigation. So I need a trading secret from each of you guys. Who wants to start? I would say that, and this may be cliche, but 
no one's path is going to be identical, nor does it need to be linear. For a long time, like I said, I thought that just because what I was surrounded by with my parents, you know, and I did go to college and have corporate as, as well, but like, there's more than more than one way to skin a cat. Sorry, like I don't mean anything literal by that, but you know what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah. n- not everyone's path has to be linear, and so find something that you thoroughly enjoy doing, and if you are money motivated, find a way to monetize it. It's not something that's going to come easy or happen overnight, but if you do something consistently and you do something to your utmost ability, it will happen for you. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's cool to hear from an artist that you're saying like make life a mosaic, right? Yeah. Like stop with the blueprint. Yeah. And then I also think what's interesting is like when things came together for you, for your career, like yeah. also everything else fell into place. And, and it's kind of to piggyback, like if you are in a situation where you're doing something where you're like, okay, this isn't what I want my end all to be all, you know, potentially to be, think about what you are naturally talented at, what you love doing and find ways to incorporate that into your daily life and what you're doing. So even when I was working in finance, like I was like, I need to be creative. Right. And so I was winning presentation competitions because I was thinking creatively, writing creatively. I was going out doing sip and paint nights with my advisors and their wives. You know, I was thinking of ways that I could still find ways that I was being fulfilled while like getting the check and eventually, you know, got to the point where like, okay, I can take that leap and do this full time. So just hone in on what you love doing and know that you don't have to have just like a linear path to be successful. I love it. That is a hell of a trading mm-hmm. secret. All right, Susie, that's good. A, it's a tough act to follow, that's right? It's really hard to follow. <laughs> but Susie, Ooh. give us your trading secret. Okay. So I have to be honest when you invited us on, I really thought I was like, I don't really know what I can offer to your audience other than like, don't do what I did (laughs) in a lot of ways, like starting a business and like just being so excited. It's just like my nature to be like, I can do anything, like anything I put my mind to, I can make it work. But like I had no business background. I had no like accounting understanding. Like I didn't know anybody that had a business to mentor me. Like I just jumped in and I think I made a lot of mistakes But like my trading secret or my advice to somebody that wants to start their own business is like one, you 1000% can do it no matter what your background is, but get your shit together. (laughs) If you can say that, like, I think I would have saved myself a lot of like fear and like, I think I, I do have anxiety about a lot of like, um, like money things just because I don't know that much about it. And so my first year I was spending business expenses out of my personal account. And I didn't even have a business account until six months into making money with my business. And it's like, if I had just like sat down, whether it is like doing more research up front or taking a a business class, like a entrepreneurial class at a local community college, like there's so many things that you could do just to like prepare yourself before jumping in. And I wish I had done that just to yeah. save myself the anxiety. Everything has been fine. I've been able to manage everything. I'm, I save a lot of money and like try to be smart. But like my suggestion to somebody is like, don't let not knowing something stop you from starting, but just get your, get your shit together and like, just, you know, do a little research before and, and have a good like <laughs> CPA and like have somebody that just can walk you through the financial steps behind the scenes because you can make a lot of money, you know, working for yourself and have a, a really happy, <laughs> joyous life, which is 
been my goal, but sometimes there's anxiety that comes with starting your own business. So yeah, get your shit together. Get your shit together. I like that training yeah. secret. I like the other part of that too, which is like, if you want to do something, don't let intimidation of lack of knowledge mm-hmm. or education or others like yeah. stop you. Give it a shot, dive in. And even if you don't have your business account set up for six months or you screw up your expenses, guess what? You're going to yeah. figure it out. And it's better trying to figure it out than not starting anything and being eight steps behind. Mm-hmm. I also think a trading secret I learned from you today is like, find the light. I think like mm-hmm. that's a big, very applicable in business is like, even like when you were down and out, you had to give the 2,500 bucks back, you <laughs> yeah. didn't know what's going on. You're like, you found whatever it is. I think you need, people need to hold on to, whether it's like a spirit or a religion or mm-hmm. just the confidence in themselves being like, this is my book. I know it's going to work yeah. out because no, like I don't, I don't do that. And that's a good one. Like find the light yeah. in times where it's dark because someone's got to stay optimistic and that changes your behavior and your confidence and everything else. Absolutely. And also like every book I've ever read about like the top CEOs, the top, the people who are the best in everything. It's like, they have been so much lower than me. They've been so much more in the negative than me. Like nobody starts and is just like at the top. You have to fail a lot to like figure it out. And if you don't fail, like you're not going to go anywhere. That's the biggest thing that I think I've learned through doing all this is like the, the top of the top. They've been so low. I just said last episode, on this podcast, we've had Sharks from Shark Tank, actors, A-Rod, Hall of Famers. We've had billionaires on mm-hmm. this podcast. One common denominator. Every person that's come on a mic in some capacity has fucked up. Yeah. Some capacity has hit rock bottom, got fired or something. Yeah. The big common denominator with every guest is that they find a way to pivot and use that rock bottom as a trampoline mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. next thing, right? Where a lot of people, I think, get stuck in it and just can't wheel their way out. Yeah. So, well, Justin. And Susie, <laughs> as a couple, thank you guys. So I kept you longer than I expected, but I could have talked to you all day. Thank you guys for trading your secrets, being on Trading Secrets. I'm so excited for what you have coming. Where can everyone find what you have coming? We'll start with you, Justin. Go to Susie. Instagram is at Justin Glaze and TikTok is at Justin underscore Glaze. Okay. And for this new venture, when it comes out, we'll oh, just yeah. find it on your, on yeah. your channels. Yep. Okay. Yep. Be prepared for that. We'll be mm-hmm. watching. Susie. So for me, you can find me on Instagram, Susie C. Evans, my YouTube, which I've been doing a lot more on. It's Susie was like, and that's kind of all my other socials as well. So that's my TikTok. My blog is susiewaslike.com. And that's where you can find me and follow along. Go give them a follow. I said this on the Jason Tells All episode. We went over insights for the last 90 days. Four million people interacted with my account and didn't follow. Crazy. Guys, That's nuts. Give us a follow. Go give Justin nuts. a follow. Go give Susie a follow. <laughs> and thank you Whoa. guys for tuning into another episode of Trading Secrets. I can't wait to have you guys back in a couple of years. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thank Thanks you. For being